This is Danny Brown. Welcome back to my podcast, The Deal. It's end of summer, August, and everything after August 2022. The market's transitioning a bit, but inventory's still way down and really hard to pinpoint what's going on. But today's guest to lead off season five is Anthony Margulies. He is the founder of Amalfi Estates at the Boutique Brokerage. Uh, they focus on Palisades, Brentwood, Little Santa Monica. Uh, he's super, super smart, analytical finance sort of guy, like really takes a professional approach. Uh, he wants every one of his team members, there's eight of them, to do a million dollars GCI each year. So everyone is super productive. It's sort of the antithesis of the smoke and mirror teams that we see throughout the business. So you can always find Anthony at AmalfiEstates.com. Uh, he's also on Facebook and LinkedIn. But I look forward to getting into it with him and getting into some fundamentals. School is in session. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and let your people know the deal with Danny Brown on YouTube, Apple, and anywhere else, Spotify, anywhere else you consume your content. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Season five of The Deal. Special guest today, Anthony Margolis from Amalfi Estates. Good to see you. How are you? Good, Danny. It's Margulis. It's a hard oh, start, one. Oh, <laughs> Margulis. Let's do that no, again. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I, I should have prepped you. You should have prepped me. I blew it already. Anthony yeah, Margulis, Brown, welcome. No one messes up Brown. At least if they do, there's a problem. Yeah, I mean, Brown, I don't know. I think it was Barone. But welcome back. We're in late August 2022, August and everything after. We're going to get into a lot of stuff. Uh, you've created Amalfi Estates, I don't know, was it 25, 35 years ago? A long time ago. A long time ago. I had, I had a full head of hair. I had hair like you did when I started. That's how long ago. Well, mine's falling out fast. Uh, well, we're going to get into... Your building of Amalfi Estates because now the trend has been, uh, you know, build a team and build out your own brokerage within a brokerage. But this was something that you were doing and executing on before people were even calling them teams. So we'll get into that. But before we get into that, let's start with just your intro, where you grew up, where you went to school, what your parents did, kind of from being born to starting Amalfi Estates. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. Well, I don't. I don't like talking. I'm a, a weird realtor. I don't like talking about myself. So <laughs> we'll give you two um, minutes to give us your life. I grew up in LA. Um, my parents were from the desert, Palm Springs area. I went to college at UC Riverside, um, getting a, a grad uh, degree in real estate development and finance at USC, and started real estate, uh, Amalfi Estates, 29 years ago. Uh, and prior to that, I had a real estate development company and a mortgage company. So I had a real estate development company for four years and then had a mortgage company for uh, 10 years during the same time I had my brokerage. And um, yeah, and that, that's that's the background in a, in a 30 second. <laughs> that's 40 years and 30 seconds. <laughs> that's it. So tell me, let me let me dive into some of the stuff. So you went to grad school for real estate development. Right. Real estate development and finance through the master's in real estate development program at USC. Um, and then at UC Riverside, I was a, a business a history major. And um, I actually, at the time, this is interesting, I never worked for a real estate company. So ever. So I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, I started my company. And at the time, you could do that. So I literally had to ask someone, where do I get the contracts? I, they go, go to local board of realtors. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go to local board of realtors. I, I had no, when I say I was green, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah, I uh, had, I taught myself the uh, four different MLSs, 
Um, I flew to the first year you had to do 20 hours of continuing education. I did 200 hours. Um, I flew to five different states. I got my CRS, my LTG, my ABR, all this alphabet soup, which no one really cares or knows about. Um, but yeah, so uh, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a mentor to know what I was doing. So. But you knew you knew you had some passion or interest in real estate because you spent time in school getting a master's in development. Well, no, I, I started the, getting the master's in uh, probably eight to 10 years after I started my real estate company. So, uh, but no, I, I liked real estate. It was, uh, the development was fun. We built a bunch of homes, um, but I really enjoyed. And the mortgage brokers was, it was a good background, having the finance background. But uh, I really enjoyed, look, I think the best analogy, it's, 90% of real estate agents, uh, sorry, 90% of mortgage brokers or, or, or lenders can go become real estate agents. Only 10% of real estate agents can go become uh, mortgage brokers because it's a different mentality, you know, right? I mean, it's you got to know numbers and finance and, um, and a lot more stress being a mortgage broker. I mean, you, you forget to, you know, you don't lock in their rate or you don't get them approved or, uh, but as a real estate agent, you know, like I, you never get gifts as a mortgage broker. As a real estate agent, clients actually give you gifts. They actually, actually say thanks. They thank you. Uh, so to, I'm going to speed through this and jump into yeah, Amalfi so States, but I do want to know, uh, you were building in LA, residential homes? Yeah, residential uh, in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, San so Fernando built, Valley. Yeah, yeah. In North, we built in Northridge and Reseda right before the Northridge earthquake. So our, our second project finished. Three months later, the Northridge earthquake happened. And I said, I want to get out of development. <laughs> You're like, get me in the brokerage. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start. Amalfi Estates. This was in the mid-90s? Yeah, 90, 93, 94 is when I started it. So yeah. when you started Amalfi Estates, is it just you, Anthony, or you and an assistant? No, it was, just, it was myself. And it was actually called AM Realty. It was my initial. That's initiative. right. I remember It was that. this hokey little logo. If you look back, there was a, literally a picture of the sun setting. And I think I drew it myself. It was so bad. Um and it wasn't professional, and and we were buyers only, so we were That's buyers right. only. And That's was right. Dan Urbach? Was Dan Urbach? Dan Urbach, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I started in real estate back two thousand and one. It was Dan Urbach and yeah, you, and exactly. buyers only yeah. representation. So Dan, Dan was a top agent uh, at our company, and uh, we had a lot of fun. And Dan said, "You know, I think we should take listings." I'm like, "No." I like buyers only. So a week after he left, I'm like, you know, I think Dan was right. I think we should probably take listings. So we rebranded. Uh, this is probably 20 years ago uh, to Amalfi Estates, did more high-end uh, luxury brand and uh, did full service. Um, I actually referred out probably $100 million in listings before I was a, a full service broker. Never asked for, never asked for a referral fee because I thought it was a conflict of interest. I know crazy as it was. Uh, but you were uh, at thanks. You didn't hand me one. I well, I didn't know you at the time. I mean, come on, <laughs> just give the poor kid a shot. Give him some. I know. <laughs> All right. So mid nineties, you started buyers only. It's the right. end of the the market was the bottom of the market. Then after the earthquake, so now you start building it up. And about the two thousands or early two thousands, Dan Urbach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, a couple of things I did were kind of interesting. Like you, you always, you know, it's always good. Like, there's a hundred ways to be successful in this business, Danny. I mean, you've interviewed, you know, seventy different top brokers and 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 business leaders, and there's there's literally there's no 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 two alike, right? So before I even started selling, before I even sold my first house, I, I hired an assistant. So I realized ninety percent of what we do, an assistant can do. 
The other thing I did is I got on the cover of Homes and Open Houses and Caravan Express magazine, which at the time, you know, it's a weekly publication in Los Angeles that that Homes and Open Houses, I don't think is still around, but Caravan Express is. And I go, I'm going to reserve the cover. Right. And so people think you get the perception. Reality, you know, becomes the perception becomes reality. So people go, wow, you're really successful. And you're on the cover of this magazine. I never sold a house before. I, that's a secret. Don't tell anyone. We're not going to share that. That's our secret. I never sold a house before, and I'm on the cover of a magazine. So, Great. Superstar. Uh, that's our business in a nutshell. Yeah, that's our business in a nutshell. All right. So uh, walk me through the growth, the pains, because there had to be a lot of challenges, but the growth, because now Amalfi is a boutique, but it's a very big boutique. We're not a big boutique. There's where eight there's eight agents at Amalfi Estates. We we do a lot of volume. So we did close to $500 million in sales last year, representing 184 families. So we did $474 million with eight agents on a team. Our model is different than a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of teams. So we're not the Margulis team for a reason. People are working for Amalfi Estates, but they have the benefit and the support of a team behind them. So it's a hybrid model. Agents can get up to 80% splits based on the productivity. So it's based on the number of transactions that they do. It's not dollar value. If someone sells one $10 million house, good for them, but that's not going to get them the highest splits. I'd rather they sell 10 $500,000 condos because it's all transactional based. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's a little bit, you know, how we- so You guys uh, are doing a lot of volume for eight, eight people, for LA West Side. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of volume. So we have minimum levels of production, Danny. So- just to stay in our company, you have to do a minimum of 12 transactions a year just to stay to stay on the team and stay on the company. Um, and our average agent is doing between 15 and 20 transactions every year. So well, you're uh, highly, highly productive agents. Very, very productive. Yeah, this that's 2022. Walk me through the challenges of getting to this point. I got to imagine at some point when you started bringing on team members, Oh, Danny, we didn't have any challenges. What do you mean? Challenges? What are challenges? Come on. Yeah, the hard part is is really finding good quality uh, people. And and look, I've I've made so many mistakes. I could write a book of all the mistakes that I've made. And and you know, we're always learning. We're every day. I, I'm still passionate. I mean, I run into agents as you do who've been in real estate twenty years. They're burnt out. They're like. You know, they got this Linus towel, right, from Charlie Brown. And they're like, wow, wow, wow. You know, the glass is half empty. I'm like, look, if you if you don't have passion for this business and you're not excited, you shouldn't be in it, right? I mean, we have the best job in the world. We're helping people with the largest investment. This is exciting stuff. So, so what I've learned after many, many, many years of, of hiring people, we look for agents that are hungry. We look for agents that are humble. And we look for agents that are coachable. And those are the three qualities. And you can't teach those qualities. You can't. And coachable. You, you can't teach them. Yeah. I mean, we'll get agents that are really successful, but they're not humble. They're not, they're not a good fit for our company. We, we, we give 10% of our commission to charity. I don't know if you knew that. But, uh, but, but it's a big, big part of our, of our mission statement, Danny. We were very, very fortunate last year alone, our eight agents, gave $500,000 to charity and helped 20,000 families through our charitable initiative. And over the last six years, we've given $2 million to charity. So we're very, very fortunate that we have the opportunity to do that. We have six charity partners. We let our client pick 
which of the six charity partners they want to give to. And so, you know, a lot of agents, if they're not humble and they just care about the money, they may not be a great fit for our culture or our, or our team. Yeah. So a question, the obvious question that I think about when I, you know, you were, you were a top producer doing your thing, starting your company. Why didn't you, why did you stay independent and do it just, you know, do it just without a big company behind you? What, what do you think the benefits were? Is it just obviously the obvious that, Hey, I don't want to split. I mean, I, I, I'd like to say I didn't learn bad habits because I looked at real estate having no understanding of how it worked. So I, I, I've never cold called. I've never door knocked. I've never, um, I, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, I've talked more people out of buying and selling homes than the 1500 clients we've successfully helped. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a different, it's more of a consultant. I know you're the same way, right? You know, if agents are just after the commission, they don't really last that long. Clients can kind of see through that. But what I did is about five years ago, I hired a, a coach, a fantastic company, and there's a lot of great coaching companies out there. We hired Workman Success Systems, Burl Workman and, and his team. And basically, I was turning down a lot of business because I just focused on the Palisades, Brentwood, and a little bit of Santa Monica. And so he said, look, why don't you grow your team and you can start mentoring new agents? You know, you're turning down business, Anthony, grow your team. You could mentor them. So my big why now, because we've been mentoring and hiring agents, is that each agent on our team does a million dollars GCI. So I'll repeat that. Each agent on our team, a million dollars GCI, which is $40 million a year in production. That's our goal. Because I want them to have financially rewarded rewarding lives. I want them to be financially successful. And we have the systems in place that they can do $40 million a year, which most teams, that's what the team leader does. That's what the whole team does. You know, to say that each agent on our team, the goal is 40 million. Right now, half of our agents are on track, our sales partners to do a million dollars GCI. So it's a different structure that we've set up. It's about accountability. It's about really making them be successful. So the two main goals, Danny, is to each agent on the team does a million dollars gross commission income, not take home, but gross commission income. And the second thing is that I want to give as much as I can back to charity. So that those are my two big whys. And that's what gets me out of bed every morning. Well, that is that is so pure because in this world of teams, as you know, it's so much smoke and mirrors. And like you said, most team leaders, the whole team will do 40 or 50 million in production. And they may have 10 or 20 or 30, who knows? Uh, where I, why I wanted to bring up this team topic is you've been executing it like truly a pure team and building people up. And clearly you've taken it now to a whole nother level. Well, you're saying you want everyone being at the top of the game, making a, a million dollar GCI. Yeah. That- yeah. I mean, the difference, Danny, is that a lot of teams um, and, and you know them in L.A., they're, they're 150 person teams. They're like small companies. And the average agent on that team is doing one or two deals a year. And, and so we typically, we're doing our eight-person team is doing the same numbers as, as a hundred-person team or, or close to it. So it's just a different, it's a different model. It, it's a different mentality. Uh, we parted with Side about three yes. years ago. Yes, tell me about that. Uh, yeah, Side's been, Side's been great. So for people that don't know Side, um, they are a white label. Uh, they're a real estate uh, uh, support uh, business, and they basically white label and they allow a lot of agents to go start their own companies. So in some ways, I love Compass and I think they're great, but, but they have assimilated, assimilated so many incredible brands, Pacific Union, Partners Trust, 
And they kind of stripped a little of the core values and a little of the culture and the cool specialness, putting them under the compass umbrella. Side has created 600 companies that never existed before. So Agent Center, there's Sotheby's or Coldwell or Remax or Keller Williams, and they say, I want to go out on my own. And Side will give them, they'll help them brand them, they'll create their name, they'll help them with their marketing and their E&O insurance and their CRM and their commission, making, making the commission, everything other than helping people buy and sell a house. That's what Side does. And they go after the top 4% of, of agents in, in the business. And they've really, they've helped us out a lot. They've been a great uh, partner. They're currently, I think, in the top three or top four real estate companies in the country, but no one's heard of them because they fly under the radar. And they're really about supporting and building other uh, agents to really go out on their own, which 20 years ago was unheard of. No one did that. It was only Coldwell. It was John Douglas, Coldwell, you know, Berkshire wasn't even, it was Prudential. It was Prudential. Was the, you know. Yeah, Fred Sands, Prudential. It was like they literally controlled the market. Um, and, and no one had ever heard of, and then the agency started and then, you know, you saw all these small companies, Telus started up, but they got gobbled up. Um, Rodeo is still around, you know, Rodeo Realty is doing strong with, with Sid, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The evolution of the business and with side, you know, the trend of top, top producers going out on their own and building their name and their brand and side plugging in. And I know there's a few other companies, similar stuff. You were doing it on your own, though, for so many years, but obviously there must be some value here that you felt, hey, this is a great partnership uh, for you and where you are in your business today. Yeah, they take care of a lot of the heavy lifting. So I was always updating our website. I was doing a lot of our marketing. And so that uh, is taken off my plate. They have a great uh, legal department and and, um, and broker record. So a lot of my team can go to them if they have questions. And it just takes it takes stuff off our plate so I can really focus on the mentoring of our agents. Um, so that's, yeah, a little bit. Tell about me, you are mentoring agents. You've been through a huge, long career of success, but tell me about some of the, the advice you would give to agents that are growing their business, that are trying to get to that 40, 50 million and they're starting or they're a couple of years in or they're 10 years in struggling. Sure. What, what would some of the advice you'd give? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm shocked at how many real estate agents don't own real estate. So I don't care where you buy it. I mean, it's very expensive on the west side of Los Angeles, Danny, as you know. But I mean, they could buy you could buy a house anywhere for two hundred thousand dollars in most parts of the country, right? Or buy a condo locally. But you know, buy real estate at an early age. I think it's California. Unfortunately, two years ago became a renter state where more people are renting than they are owning, and the whole blue blue collar and middle class, you know, the, the teachers and the nurses who retired on the equity in their homes because they buy a home 30 years ago for $50,000 and then sell it for a million and that's how they retire. Now they can't do that now because of affordability. So I would love to see more people in real estate buying real estate and owning real estate and investing in real estate. So I think that would be really, really uh, important important for them to do. I think uh, to, to work for a top team or a top agent as an assistant uh, and get a really good mentorship um, and really learn the business 50% of the agents that are in the business for the last 11 years have never experienced a down market. 50% of the agents in the market have never experienced a down market. They don't know, all, they don't remember 2011, 2008 to 2011 when property values dropped 20%. Like they think the last two or three years is normal. They think last year, Danny, was arguably 
the best year in real estate in 30 years, by far, by far the best real estate in 30 years. It had the highest annual appreciation in history, the highest number of transactions in history, the lowest interest rates in history, the lowest days on market in history. And then like, like literally give me an example in the Palisades, $1 billion worth of homes sold in 2020. For the last 11 years, the average increase on almost every market in Los Angeles increased the dollar volume of homes, increased about 3% on average from one year to the next year. Not the appreciation, but the dollar volume of actual homes. From 2021 to 2020, it went up 82%. 82%, $1.8 billion worth of homes sold. And that's true with every single market pretty much in the country. So it's like running a 100-yard dash for the Olympics, and you got an 83-mile-an-hour tailwind behind you, and you wonder, you thought it was you. Yeah, you thought, this is such a great... This is, this is great. This is great. I'm loving this. So now sales are down 42%. I'm a high C on the disc assessment. I love data. So sales are down 42%. 42% this year to date. So you take the first 225 days of this year compared to the first 25, 225 days of last year in Los Angeles. Sales are down 42%. Sales volume or transaction number? Transactions. So Matt, 40%, 40%, every 10, there's four less. Almost 50% less transactions are being sold because one, we really have an inventory problem. People thought we had an inventory problem last year, but by definition, since we have the largest number of homes ever selling, it was never an inventory problem. They just sold quicker. They just sold quicker. Now we really do have an inventory problem. Yeah. Yeah, so we're sales are down forty percent. What are you seeing though on pricing, and what is your advice to buyers, first buyers, and then we'll go to the sellers. It's, it's a it, it's the best time to be a buyer right now. The last two years, I felt bad for a lot of these new agents that were buyers agents because thirty offers, forty offers, properties going for a million, two million over. You wouldn't even get a call back. You'd come in a million over, wouldn't even get a call back. Right. And how do you explain that to your clients? <laughs> What, what did you do? There was one property I wrote on, I had 56 offers. I mean, it was like, and what that tells you, there's another 50 that didn't want to even get involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even with interest but rates. Listing, listings, uh, listing agents are calling you back. Interest rates, what's interesting about interest rates, the last six recessions, the average interest rate has dropped 1.8% from the peak of that, of that market. Meaning, to get out of the recession, interest rates always dropped. For example, they went from two and a half to 6%. And then the last three weeks, they've dropped down to 5.5%. And they're predicting they're gonna go down to 5% in the next six months. So, so rates always go up, they go down, you refinance and you go into a lower rate. So now let's flip your, uh, your coaching hat. Now you're dealing with sellers who, you know, I'm seeing a lot of sellers now putting, not a lot, but they're putting their homes on the market at prices that maybe at one time you would have been somewhat palatable a year ago or eight months ago. And today they're putting it on and they're not selling. And they're like, huh? Like, what are you telling those sellers? And how do you educate them? Yeah, we, we use data. So um, we have, you know, everyone has property websites for their properties. We can actually look at the repeat visitors. And if it's 12% or higher on repeat visitors, they probably priced it right. If it's typically 6% or less on repeat visitors, and if we're not getting a lot of second showings, then, then we know we need to pretty much reduce that price. So what we say is we don't wanna have a death by a thousand paper cuts. We don't wanna be dropping the price 20, 50,000 every four weeks. 
So, cause you really are going to be chasing the market downward. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're going to make the, the reduction, make it quick, swift, painful, and do it because if someone was willing to write an offer within 3% of your property price, you're listening, they would have already done it. Yeah, yeah 100%. But I, I'm really optimistic. Um, I think agents need to be, uh, get back to the basics. They need to have a really good CRM. They need to have really good follow-up. Uh, they need to make sure, you know, they call the, the A leads, the active leads that are ready to write offers and, and show properties. You need to call them weekly. You know, the B leads are, or hot prospects every two weeks. And the nurture leads uh, typically once a month you need to make sure you got to do it like clockwork and need to have a top 50 of your best referral sources you need to be following up with those on a regular basis. So it's really just it's working a muscle that a lot of top agents maybe aren't really used to working. Yeah. Getting back to basics, the fundamental back to basics. That's exactly right. And I think markets like this over the last five, 10 years, you know, a lot of people didn't have to learn or didn't have to practice fundamentals. And now you're going to need to. Or you're yeah. going to feel it a lot more. <laughs> no, hundred percent. So, and you've been in a couple of recessions, you know. You yeah, know. I mean, let's do the gray hair and the thinning. That's where it's from, right? Maybe the three kids yeah. too. But yeah, I mean, look, there's money to be made in every market, but I think you got to be sticking to fundamentals and whatever it is. And what you hit on a point that look, no one agent is the same. Everyone does it a little different. But then we're also not reinventing the wheel. It's you know, how many people you're getting in front front of and how authentically are you connecting and how consistent are you doing that? I mean, it's the basics, yeah. it's sales, it's what we do. We love uh, Keeping Current Matters and you probably are familiar with that site. I, we love it. And it comes out the 10th of every month for anyone listening, if you haven't looked at it, the data, the slides, the content, it's really, really amazing. And it helps to educate your clients on what's happening in the market. Um, and usually knowledge is power and they're gonna feel more comfortable. This is literally one of the, the, the strangest recessions we've ever had. And the definition of a recession is typically when you have two or more months of slowing GDP. And, and people don't realize 2020, we had a recession. It was a very, very small one. They all remember 2008 to 2011, but 2020, we actually had a, a slow recession. But, but what, they, what they don't really you know, realize is, is, is knowing the data and, and understanding the data and the dichotomy with this market, every other recession we've ever had in the last hundred years, there's been an increase in inventory. Every single one. This is the only recession that we've ever seen where the number of properties on the market is the lowest, lowest anyone's ever seen. So, so while things are slowing down, affordability is crazy, you know, we can't afford homes, interest rates are going through the roof, we're not seeing more inventory because people who locked in at 2.5%. They go, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go buy something at five and a half percent interest rate. And um, and there's no inventory to buy. What am I going to buy? So we have this log jam of, of not enough properties on the market. So yeah, the supply demand is really propping up this, this market. There's just not really enough good product. I mean, you, you tell me if you have a $10 million done home in the Riviera or Brentwood Park, five bedroom, and you put it on the market today, how quick is that going to sell? Yeah, Gary Keller had a quote last week. He said it's the oddest market he's ever seen. And he's been around, you know, 40 some years. It's schizophrenic. I, it's, I concur that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. I've seen stuff where a house has multiple offers and a block over in the same week, nothing. I mean, I've experienced right. that. And then I've seen good neighborhoods like Brentwood Park and boom, right away it sells at a record price. So 
there's no way to real pinpoint uh, what's going on, but uh, you you've hit on a lot of it. And it's really to educate our clients, right? Educate our agents, educate our clients, and just you know communicate with them on a regular basis that this is what's happening. Yeah. And yeah. tell us your crystal ball. How do you see the L.A. West Side prime market playing out over the next 12 months to 24 months? I mean, what's interesting, no one saw a market turn as quickly as this one. And I think part of it is is the media and, and how quickly, like the media will come out with an article last week saying foreclosures are up 100% because it was 110,000 last year and this year it's 220,000. It went from one to two houses. A hundred percent. And then you really look at the data and you go, well, wait a minute. In 2008 and 2009, foreclosures were at 1.9 million. So let's put this in perspective. Yeah. Then micro market, you know, how how many in Brentwood uh, Park? It went from one to two, you know, if that. Yeah. So I think if people look at the data closer, but the problem is like a story came out two days ago and it said in the last month, property uh, home prices have dropped you know, one or 2%, they took one month worth of data. You're supposed to take six months, you're supposed to take a quarter, you're supposed to take a year. Um, so it's. I think it's gonna turn quicker than people thought. Um, low inventory is gonna keep prices pretty stable. I don't see a depreciation right now until we get more inventory. So I think it's gonna be a pretty uh, flat market appreciation wise. We may see 3%, 4%, 5% appreciation over the next couple of years. Um, but uh, it'll Which, be a by the way, is average. more balanced market. Yeah, yeah more balanced market. That, those are average numbers, you know, right. 3%, 5% historically. And uh, you mentioned something that, you know, you get listing agents calling you back and responding to your offers. I mean, that would be fabulous. We've been in this weird, you know, twilight zone of where, you know, you have a million dollars cash, closed, no contingency over the list price, right. and you don't get a call back. Like, can yeah. we get back to decency? some normalcy and let buyers like think more than one minute where they don't have to like write the minute that 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 hits the mls right yeah well thank you i really i appreciate your time and uh thank you for sharing with us i appreciate it you're a true pro and it's great to have you on and the real you're the real deal so i'm glad we had you on the deal but all right have a good weekend good rest of your summer we'll we'll see you soon in the in the streets thanks take care